Welcome to the Gridiron Goodies Podcast. I am your host, as always, Stephen Scott. On today's episode, we'll dive into the news you need to know, I'll preview all of the upcoming games for this wildcard weekend, and I'll wrap up with my best bets, all coming up on this week's episode of the full preview. Before we dive into the preview for this very exciting weekend, a lot of news has dropped between our last episode and now, so let's head on down to the news you need to know. We'll start off in Seattle. Pete Carroll is out as head coach, but will remain with the organization in some form of front office role, similar to Bruce Arians in Tampa. This was an unexpected move and caught a lot of people, including myself, off guard. I am bummed that he won't be the front man anymore, but I am glad he's staying on in some capacity. Another shocking move around the league was down in Tennessee, where they decided to move on from Mike Vrabel. This team seems to be heading for a full rebuild, and I'd like to see them bring in an offensive-minded head coach this time. Their offense has been pretty bad these past few years. In a less surprising move, the Patriots moved on from Billy B and hired Gerard Mayo to replace him earlier today. I thought for sure that Vrabel was going to slide into this role, but I guess one ex-Patriot is all that they wanted. However, I like this move. This team was getting stale. This way, they keep some things the same, but have a newer perspective now. As far as what's next for Bill, I'd like to see him retire, but he's so close to the Shula wins record, I don't see that happening. Most likely, he'll take over a semi-competent team, eke out a few more wins for the record, and then ride off into the sunset. In other news, in a move that was a little overshadowed by all the other events of this week, in Chicago, the Bears have decided to let Matt Eberflus have another shot at leading this team next year. However, he'll need to do it with a completely new offensive coaching staff, as Luke Getze and essentially everyone else involved in trying to put up points, has been let go. And that's all I have for the news you need to know. There's been a lot of interviews for the coaching vacancies, but I'm not going to go into all of that. Most of these interviews end up being a charade anyway. Let's move on to this weekend's slate of games. Now most of America woke up this morning to freezing weather advisories. I know as I record this, my thermometer is well into the negatives here in Denver, and this will no doubt affect at least a few of these upcoming games. Let's dive into it all. We'll start off with the first game on Saturday. The Browns at the Texans. Both of these teams have found a way to climb into my heart. I hated the entire Cleveland organization for the way they handled the Baker Mayfield situation and who they chose to replace him. All of that didn't work out, and now this team is a lot more likable with Joe Flacco behind the wheel. He's established a really dangerous connection with both Amari Cooper and David Njoku. Now while their passing attack has been on the rise, the rushing attack has been a little concerning. Statistically speaking, their ground game has been a little subpar recently, but I don't think that is a result of what they can't do, more so the fact that they've not found themselves in many situations where they've needed to lean on the rushing attack. They've had to come from behind a few times, and typically you don't accomplish that on the ground. The Texans aren't the best at stopping the run, so maybe this is a game for Hunt and Ford to go off in. As for Houston, they started this season off with absolutely zero expectations. A new coaching staff and a new quarterback, this team was supposed to be one of the worst in the league. Instead, they go out and win the division, make the playoffs, and look like a serious contender. C.J. Stroud has wowed all year, but while he soaks up the majority of the headlines, their other first-round pick, Will Anderson, has been a great find as well. And if they win this game, D'Amico Ryans has to become the frontrunner for coach of the year. This has to be one of the hottest up-and-coming teams. 
in the wide receiver room, Nico Collins gets a lot of attention. But not too long ago, Noah Brown was putting up 200-yard games, and while he might not play in this one, this core is dangerous. However, their rushing game has had their fair share of struggles as well. Devin Singletary has at times looked like a beast, but other times he's disappeared. He should have a heavy workload in this game, and I'm interested in which version we'll get in this one. Overall, I think the masked menace himself, Laramie Tunsil, should keep Miles Garrett and the pass rush at bay, just long enough for CJ Stroud and the boys to toss points at the scoreboard. I think Will Anderson will get more sacks than Miles Garrett, and Houston will get the win at home. Moving on, we have the Dolphins at the Chiefs. This is one of those winter advisory games I was talking about. It's supposed to be a wind chill of negative 23. Now, living in Colorado, I've done my fair share of trotting around in negative 20-something weather, and I will tell you, it does not matter where you are from or how comfortable you are with cold weather. At that temperature, your body is mad at you. Both of these teams will be affected by this. The Dolphins are known this year as the Speed Kings, and everyone knows speed is crippled by the cold. However, their success in the passing game has shrouded their reliance on the running game a bit. Mostert had 21 touchdowns this year, 18 of them on the ground. Their rushing attack is no slouch. This team can win games through the trenches, and I expect to see a heavier workload for both Mostert and Achan. In passing situations, they should have both Waddle and Hill, and if you remember, Hill used to play in KC, so he's no stranger to this type of weather, and a good portion of the battle with the cold is mental, so he should be all set as far as that goes. On the other side of the ball, I'm not so confident about this Chiefs team. They have the personnel with Pacheco and the big boys up front to switch to a power run team fairly seamlessly. However, Andy Reid is known for being allergic to a run-heavy scheme, so I'm not sure if this is their type of matchup. They'll likely stick to the passing game and might actually have success if they can hang on to the ball. This Miami defense is grasping at straws in the pass rush department, trotting out guys my age like Justin Houston and Mark Ingram. Mahomes should have time when dropping back, and Mahomes with time always leads to bad things for his opponents. Overall, I think this game will come down to which team takes care of the ball better. KC has been sloppy all year, and I like Miami's run game a lot better. I think the Dolphins shock a lot of people and get the upset on the road here. Next up, we have the first game on Sunday with the Steelers at the Bills. It feels like Pittsburgh's unlikely entry into the postseason has been overlooked a bit as most people talk about this team as an easy out, especially in Vegas, where the Bills are favored by a massive 10 points. However, I do not agree with this narrative at all. Mason Rudolph's playstyle meshes well with George Pickens, and their running game has been extremely dangerous, and no doubt will make a heavy appearance in yet another frigid game. This one is so bad, they're entertaining the thought of moving venues to Cleveland. Either way, this is going to be another ice-cold game where the rushing attack and ball control are king. I think Pittsburgh is built exactly for these types of games, and the Bills are absolutely not. Outside of a few big games for James Cook against soft teams, their rushing attack has been lacking to say the least, and seems to go the way of Josh Allen. If your rushing attack is dependent on how well your quarterback rushes, you don't have a running game. Now, he won't be facing TJ Watt in this game, so he has a chance to run around like a crazy man. He's definitely the wild card in this matchup. Overall, I think the defense of Pittsburgh, which does get Minka Fitzpatrick back, will be able to keep Allen under wraps, 
I think the Steelers get the upset here on the road. Up next, we have the Packers at the Cowboys. The Packers, to me, feel a lot like the Texans of the NFC. They're the new, young, up-and-coming team that is way ahead of schedule. However, they may have bitten off a little more than they can chew in this one. The Cowboys offense is dangerous, as we all know. Dak Prescott has had one of the best seasons of his career, and his connection with CeeDee Lamb is unstoppable. If Terrence Steele can do his job against Rashawn Gary, this offense is poised for massive success. As a result, this will likely end up being the biggest spread of the weekend. I like the Cowboys to win big here at home. Moving on, we have the Rams at the Lions. This is a juicy game with great narratives surrounding both teams. Stafford makes his return to Ford Field as the enemy, while the home team tries to get their first playoff win at home since the early 90s. This is potentially a massive moment for that city, and no doubt Goff wants to prove LA wrong for leaving him for dead in the jungle. This matchup, for me at least, was the most difficult one to pick. This is truly a coin flip type of game. Both offenses can rack up points and should be very efficient in the dome. And both of these defenses have question marks all over. This should be the highest scoring game of the weekend. Ultimately, I'm going to go with the home team in this one. I think Goff will limit his mistakes and the ground game will be effective in the red zone. Lions eke out a victory in this likely shootout. Moving on to the last game on the docket, we have the Eagles at the Buccaneers on Monday night. I really like this matchup a lot. I've been riding high on this Bucks team all year, and I think they have a real shot at taking this one. After an extremely hot start to the season, the Eagles have been on a steep decline over the past couple months, which seems to coincide with the Dallas Goddard injury. Although he's been back for a few weeks now, things haven't felt the same for this team, on offense or defense. They can't score, and... They can't keep teams from scoring. This is typically not a very good formula for success, especially in the postseason. Honestly, it's amazing they've made it this far. In recent history, the team that loses the Super Bowl struggles to remain relevant the following year. They've already succeeded those expectations, but I feel like their journey will end here. Opposing teams have struggled to contain both Mike Evans and Rashad White, as both guys have scored in almost every single game this year. The defense of the Eagles have not proven they'll be able to stop this combo either. And as a result, I'm going to go with the home team here. And with that being said, this will wrap up my preview portion of the episode. Let's take a quick break right here, and we'll hit my best bets when I return. Welcome back. Now, we'll go ahead and take a look at my best bets for this wildcard weekend. For my straight five bets, I went with Dalton Schultz, Dalton Kincaid, Jalen Warren, Demarcus Robinson, and Jamison Williams to all score. Remember, these are singles bets, not a parlay, and we just need to hit two or three of these to break even. Anything after that is all extra. Moving on to my parlay bets for the weekend, I've decided since this is the playoffs to mix it up a little bit and have three parlays total. One for the games on Saturday, one for the games on Sunday, and one to see if we can predict the outcome for all of the matchups. For Saturday's parlay, I went with the following legs. The first leg, I have Jerome Ford to score. The second leg, I have Raheem Mostert to score. The third leg, I have Devon A. Chan to score. And the last leg, I have Travis Kelsey to score. For Sunday's parlay, I have Najee Harris to score, Kyron Williams to score, 
David Montgomery to score, and the last leg is Aaron Jones to score. For the last parlay, I have Houston on the money line as the first leg, Miami on the money line as the second leg, Pittsburgh on the money line next, Green Bay to keep it within seven, or whatever odds you can get, take the points. Next leg is Detroit on the money line, and lastly, I have Tampa on the money line. Now I have quite a few upsets here, and typically that doesn't happen, so just be warned ahead of time. But this has been a weird season, so maybe we can expect weird results. Just have fun with it. We only have a few weeks left of these, so just remember your limits. Now, if we're being honest, this is the most excited I've been for every single matchup in a few months now. The last few weeks of the season were a bit of a drag, and I'm ready to finally be moving on to the postseason. We should be in for a real treat here. With that said, that'll do it for today's episode. I hope you all have a great weekend, and I'll see you next time.